Show number 10 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Fucking technology. Show number 10. Oh! Oh my gosh. We should have a drink in celebration or something. Okay, well, let's have a drink a little later. Do they have drinks in there? I don't know. Let's go find We can out. ask. All right, great. <laughs> As you may have guessed, we're we're not at home. We're in the car once again. We're doing a remote podcast uh, because once again we're going to see a unique Star Trek event. Yay! We are very excited about this one. We are. Um, should we tell them what it is now? Sure. So this is an event that we saw three years ago. Four, four five. Ago. I don't know. And it's in San Francisco, and it's a Star Trek improv. And San Francisco has a an, an outstanding um, improv troupe that does a lot of different types of shows, but basically the umbrella title is Bay Area Theater Sports. And several years ago, they did one called Start Trekkin', and they actually did several of them because I've seen it twice. And they improvise a Star Trek episode. And these are really talented people who really know Trek and are very, very sharp. And it's not people, you know, pretending to be Spock, pretending to be Kirk, but they're more like, this is, you know, a Vulcan, this is a Klingon, and they'll, there'll be TNG things in it, and the last time we saw it was just so wonderful. It was hilarious. And so we were so excited to see that they're doing this again, a lot of the same people, but this one is called Warp Speed, and so we're going to be seeing that, and because I've had a little bit of email contact with one of the actresses, we are going to go backstage afterwards and talk to people. Yeah, so we're going to try and record that on our little digital recorder and make that part of this podcast. So let's keep our fingers crossed that that all works. That That's the fucking technology exactly. that we're hoping won't fuck us. Okay, so um, while we're, we're a little bit early for the show, so we've got about a thousand news things that we need to go through. There has just been a flurry of Shatner Trek all over the web. It's all over the place. And, you know, the new Boston legals haven't even started. <laughs> That is going to be a thing all by itself. So um, let's try to get through as many of these things things as we possibly can. Um, the first thing that we wanted to talk about was something that was sent in by one of our listeners, whose name is Sean Dickin, who has a, a really good blog called Gargon Terror, which I yes. thought was really good, and it had a lot of stuff. He's also in San Francisco, so he's been putting up alerts to things that are local and sort of science fiction oriented. So I'll put up a link to that in the show notes. And he found for us um, <laughs> this ad campaign that's running, I think, only in England right now, or maybe just in Canada, too. I know it was in England, and I'm not sure about the Canada. But, but um, not in the United States so far. No, and it actually, I don't know even know if it's running in England anymore, because it was about a year ago okay. that somebody had posted things on the Shatner bulletin board about seeing it in England. Yeah. So they may have uh, all eaten all their bran flakes <laughs> and Bill left the country. So, uh, so <laughs> as we pointed out a couple of shows ago, um, Shatner will shill for anything. Including Tom Sesney. Tom Sesney. And now, um, he, we're here we have William Shatner selling all bran. Now, why he's doing all bran, I don't know. Nobody seems to really know. I guess they offered him you know, Enough a, money. a dump truck full of money. They drove it up to his house, and they said, Bill, please sell all bran for us. So there's a commercial that you can watch, um, which is online, and I'll put up a, a link to that as well. And then, I guess, in England, you can sign up at kellogs.co.uk for email updates about all brand. <laughs> and when you sign up for these email um, updates, this is what you get. So JK is going to read this now because this is a message from William Shatner. And I wish I could do Shatner, but I can't. <laughs> no, so just read it. Read okay. It Hi, William Shatner here. Just writing to say welcome to the Kellogg's All Brand Challenge. You know... <laughs> And it's apostrophicated. <laughs> you know, I was so impressed with the challenge when I tried it for myself. I said to the people at Kellogg's that I would personally email everybody who took it up. Well, a country this size, how many can that be? So England. We're talking about England. England. <laughs> if the challenge works for you like it did for me, in two weeks' time, it could help you feel, comma, <laughs> could help you feel more energetic and just all around better in yourself. Better in yourself. Better in yourself. Who wrote this copy? I don't know. Well, he's high on all that cereal. <laughs> and all from just one bowl a day. 
Just remember, you need to drink plenty of fluids for it to work properly. That bran fiber can soak up a heck of a lot of fluid. That sounds like Bill. Yeah, this sounds like, you know, my grandfather in Minnesota. So Kellogg's recommend at least eight glasses a day, Jesus, to be sure of getting that full benefit. Dot, dot, dot. I think you should be reading it in the Minnesota accent. And don't forget, you can go to the All Brand website for inspiration if you want to get creative. There are plenty of ideas for high-fiber snacks, plus recipes for full family meals that use delicious high-fiber All Brand to help you reach your daily requirement. I'll be in touch soon to see how you're getting on. Good luck. Your friend, William Shatner, Perens, <laughs> Bill. That's the best part, Bill. <laughs> oh, you're making me laugh too much. I can't breathe. <laughs> the idea of William Shatner reading this in a Minnesota accent is too funny. Well, the idea of getting an email from Bill saying, How you doing? Did you get those eight glasses of water in yesterday? Are you eating all your fiber? Are you getting all that fiber? Oh, that's so funny. So we're going to have to explore this a little bit more because I want to know exactly what the challenge is. And there's also a couple of really funny pictures of Bill oh, accompanying this right. letter. One where, I don't know, he looks like he's about to attack you and he's got his tongue out. And one where he's smiling and wearing a jacket that my dad used to wear. So now we've seen him in my dad's jacket and my mom's hat right. in Impulse. Oh, that's so funny. So, so my family is the source of Bill Shatner's wardrobe. Who knew? That's true. The all-brand challenge. So um, maybe we should be taking the all-brand challenge. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All that fiber and eight glasses of water kind of scares me. Eight glasses of water is a lot. You know, it reminds me of... Um, one of the very funny commercials that they had on Saturday Night Live for um, the, the cereal that had more fiber than any other cereal, and it was called Colon Blow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that name. That's well, so I got to tell you this on the subject of fiber. I always had a Weight Watchers meeting, and we're all gaga over, you know, which. Uh, <laughs> which foods we can eat. And somebody found an ice cream bar. Yeah. That um, it's a huge ice cream bar, and it's delicious. And it's only one point, and points is a big deal in Weight Watchers. And they're going, it's because it's got so much fiber. And it is. And we're going, how do you get fiber into ice cream? And somebody <laughs> said, you have to eat the stick. <laughs> so there's a diet tip for you. Oh, eat the stick. Take the ice cream stick challenge. There you go. And eight glasses of water. Oh, that is so funny. Oh, so um, there were a couple other little um, things that Sean sent along to go with this. And one of them was from a website called Ad Rants that has tips and gossip and news about advertising. And apparently um, Kellogg's did a thing where they, um, oh, so it wasn't Canada. This is in Toronto Star. They had put a fake ad in saying that uh, there was a, a company that hired William Shatner as a receptionist and <laughs> managing director of Making Fiber Your Friend. Wow. <laughs> so that's what Bill's doing these days. He's making fiber your friend. Well, isn't that thoughtful of him? Yeah. Um, and look, what is this? Kellogg's All Brand Brand Flakes Yogurty. So I don't know, maybe it's like a yogurty flavor. That sounds pretty gross. Well, the commercials, because I did see one of them months and months and mm -hmm. months ago, are basically Bill comes into this family's home and lives with them for a week and, and pushes All Brand on them. <laughs> wow. Wow. Now that's personal service. That's pretty personal. I don't think I'd really want William Shatner living in my house for a week if he was going to be making me eat All Brand. Well. What, what might the rewards well, be, though? Well, it doesn't say that, though. See? I could eat a lot of All Brand for the right reward. Well, but if he was just in your house forcing you to eat All Brand and drink eight glasses of water a day, wearing that jacket that, that <laughs> <laughs> your dad wore. This is like a, a fear factor thing, <laughs> it is, isn't it? It totally is. <laughs> we could do a whole show thinking about those. Yep. Oh, okay, Shatner and All Brand. Next. <laughs> hey, I got to compliment you on that segue. That was smooth. <laughs> Great. Um, right. So another item from Trek today. So, uh, let's see. Scottish towns fight over Scotty. Several cities in, in, in Scotland, sorry, are claiming the right to call themselves the future birthplace of engineer Montgomery Scott, the way Riverside, Iowa has declared itself to be the future birthplace of Captain Kirk. So, um, this is reported by the Scotsman, the Scotsman, which is their, their regular big old paper up there. Read the names of the towns that uh, uh, are uh, involved in this. The, the Scotsman reports that Aberdeen, um, 
Linlithgow, Elgin, and Edinburgh all claim to have been Scotty's town of origin. So I, as soon as I read that, I remembered that in the writer's guide, they said he was born in Edinburgh. It actually said but. that. But... Um, Dewan gave an interview in the 70s stating that Scotty came from Elgin near Aberdeen. And in canon, he re- he makes reference to Aberdeen. That's right. In uh, Wolf in the Fold. So which one is it? We don't know. But we don't all... know, but I know how we can settle it. How? I want the women of the local councils of each of these <laughs> towns to to stage a knockdown, drag out, kind of Monty Python sort of thing. And last woman standing gets to claim the honor. That sounds great. And I do want them to use purses. They must hit each other with purses. <laughs> Absolutely. And it has to be in a muddy field. In a muddy field. Definitely. Yes. That sounds great. I, I think that would work. I like that. Great. Okay. Um, next item on the menu. It's like appetizers. Yes. All it's this is the this all is appetizer the, portion of the show. This is the pre theater show. The pre theater show. The curtain riser. Little bits of crunchy trick goodness on a silver platter. <laughs> crunchy trick goodness. With, yeah. With toothpicks through it. Yeah. Uh let's see. And eat the toothpicks because yeah, they're full the of fiber. Because they have a lot of fiber in them. Okay. Um so the next part now where did you find this? The video? Um, did somebody mention it? Or no, I think it might have somebody might have mentioned it on the Shatner okay. board. Well, this gives me another opportunity to geek out. <laughs> okay. I can do that because uh, this is another area of geekiness. So um, I'll put the link up to this. This is a video that Neil Innes did. And if you don't know who Neil Innes did, I'll tell who he is, I'll tell you. Um, he was a singer, songwriter, and comedian who was not big in England, but he was much more well-known in England than he was here. He was in a, a great band called the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band in the 60s. <laughs> he really was. Paul McCartney produced one of their singles. I knew none of this. He was in. He was associated with Python for a long, long time. He was actually in an episode of Monty Python. He did music for some of the movies. He was the minstrel in uh, Holy Grail. <gasps> he sings the Sir Robin oh. Run Away. He wrote that song and he performed it. That's him in the movie. How cool. He's, I didn't know any so, of this. He's been friends. So, the other so th- geek on my friend. Uh, I could talk about Neil Innes for hours. He helped, um, he co-invented the Ruddles with Eric Idle, <laughs> which is one of the funniest things ever yes. invented. And Neil Innes wrote all of the songs. He wrote all the Ruddles songs and he played um, Ron Nasty, who's the John Lennon character. In okay. It. Um, so he's done all of those things. He's done a lot of other things besides. In England, he had his own show for a while and made a bunch of records which have these very funny satirical songs on them. So this particular video which is down here. I'm just you got to scroll scrolling down. fairly far yeah. down. This was from his uh, TV show, which was called In it, Neil Innes Book of Records, uh, and it's called Happy Ending. And this video, okay, so when you get to it on the page, if you want to download it and watch it, it's really great. Now, you have to remember, this is taken probably from, like, a third-generation print of an English television show from 1979, so the quality is horrible. It is really horrible. The color is bad, and it just—it looks basically like somebody took a video camera and filmed mm-hmm. it off their television It does. Set. It looks exactly like and that. And it's very small. Like, the size mm-hmm. of the, the QuickTime thing is really small. But despite that, it's a very nice song, because Neil writes wonderful, wonderful poppy songs. And what happens... Well, do you want to say what happens? In the well, um, sure. Basically, um, Kirk and Spock beam into a disco, and they... Um, it, it's, a Spock neck pinches the disc jockey, right. and Kirk takes over the, the record and, and puts on this record of happy ending. Mm-hmm. And so they're there in the disco, and the people are dancing, having a good time. And then superheroes appear. <laughs> and so there's big, giant, ugly Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and the Hulk is the, the Hulk, Hulk is one there. of them. Yep, that's right. And, uh, and then at the end, they, they beam back up. And it's it's really it's funny. And the amazing thing is, and now you've told me all about Neil Innes. I'm wondering, is, is he the guy playing Kirk? Yeah, he is. He's playing Kirk. He looks he's great. amazing. He's, he, because he does the Kirk eye, eyebrow movements. It's great. And not just the eyebrow movements, the the whole physical motion, and especially at the end when he flips out the communicator. Yeah. That way, Kirk stands, you know, sort of his weight on one leg mm-hmm. and gets. Commu- it's amazing. He's great. It's really he, wonderful, really and it's it's fun. It's entertaining. It just takes a short time to download, and I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. So once again, one of those really strange crossover geek things. So mm-hmm. it's you know like Star Trek and Monty Python and Neil Innes and 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 weird British television from the seventies, which is a whole other class of geekness in and of itself. Yes. So it's great, and we're very happy to bring that to you. So we will definitely link to it, and I I wonder if you can get that song. 
Hmm. I, I don't know if it's available as just a song on iTunes or anything, or maybe from Neil's site you can download it. So this is actually hosted at Neil's site, which is neilinnis.org, and it's a fun place to explore. He posts some stuff there occasionally so you can see what he's been up to. Go, Neil. <laughs> Neil. Uh, okay, what else do we have that we wanted to talk about? We have a few minutes before showtime. Um, um, do you want to do you want to talk about the um, the blog, the blog thing? You want to do that now? Sure. You want to do that later? No, let's we could do, do that, that now. now. Okay. We'll keep it short and sweet. So first, we have to say that we've gotten many, many very nice emails from people who are saying that they like our show and that they've been talking about us in their blogs. And they give us input. Like yeah. I found out more about Klingon Ridges and stuff from uh, one of our listeners, Ozma. Yeah, so thank you all very much for writing in. We really appreciate it. And it's great to know that people are actually listening to the show, which is good. Um, and then uh, because JK does this, she's Googling us. It's and, known as ego surfing. Yeah, but... you know, trying to find out. That's like having Google alerts on your own name. Yeah. I do. Oh, uh, see, I don't have there... an alert. Oh, I, I should. I have to set up Google alerts for a look at his butt and see what happens. Um, so found this wonderful, wonderful blog entry by a guy. And his blog, and I'm sure he's not listening to this, and if he is, who cares? <laughs> if he is, he's hiding under the covers Yeah, as he's listening, so that's so okay. It's definitely from a guy, and he's somewhere up in Canada. And his blog is called Tales from the, the Great, great White, White North. North. Isn't that great? Yep. So here's what he has to say about our podcast. Let me find it. Of course, I have to scroll down to it now. There it is. There it is. All right. He says, speaking of podcasts... Yesterday, I referred to a podcast called Look at His Butt. It was about Star Trek and done by two women who sounded like moms. Okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's two ways we can take this. We sound like moms. Or, this guy has the coolest, funniest, <laughs> neatest mom ever. And I want to meet her. Moms? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't get that. I my mom doesn't sound like this. Mine doesn't either. So I don't... Okay. <laughs> Whatever. That's his problem. It's not our problem. We sound like moms. Moms. Wow. Moms. Yeah, but you know what? He didn't listen to the, the one we did on Skype where I sounded so butch. Oh, that's true. Yeah. My mom never says fucking technology. I'll tell you <laughs> that right now. Okay. Well, okay. Back to his blog. Well, I never had the chance to listen to the whole podcast until I recorded mine, and I've decided that, and now this is in quotes and in caps, they're nuts. <laughs> well, we never said we weren't. Okay. At one point, they're talking about something they call and EVE. It should be N, EVE. <laughs> Basically, they're looking to see if Kirk has, quote, and this is capitalized, wood in his pants. <laughs> So I've li I'm reading this verbatim. So I've listening and laughing at this, and they're referring to a certain episode during a certain scene, and they're talking about how Kirk is going to take Uhura's eye out. Okay, I want to stop there because I love this. A certain episode, but for some reason he won't tell you what it is. Mm -hmm. And a certain scene. Hmm, this what is could... all very suspicious. Very top secret. Yes. All right. Anyway, and I... we'd tell you, but then we'd have to kill you. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I end up at their site. So he linked to our site, which, yeah, is, which is cool. Okay. And I'm looking at pictures of the scenes they're talking about, and I'm trying to decide if Kirk does, does have a, quote, chubby. Okay, first of all, chubby is much too minuscule a word for what Kirk has. That's true. You know, that's but... Canadian slang, chubby. Okay. I've heard also, it before, and I'm not really? Canadian. I only ever heard chubby and chub on uh, in Kids in the Hall. Okay. So that's where well, I knew that from. Well, to me, that does not communicate oh, full no. raging hard on no okay no. uh okay i save one of the pictures and start to zoom in and then i realize and now this is all in caps what the hell am i doing for exclamation points why do i care is william shatner has a boner during an episode of star trek am i gay three exclamation oh sorry three question marks needless to am, say, I gay? am i gay needless to say i stopped looking and threw the pick in the recycle bin and emptied it so it wasn't enough <laughs> they had to empty it. and and then he burned his computer <laughs> and then he continues and then he used the brain bleach right right and the vinegar in his eyes um a day after that experience though i'm feeling better feeling better and i'm sure that i'm not gay well, good for you. I spend part of the day, comma, checking out cleavage and women's ass so I know that I'm straight. I also made a promise to myself. I will never 
ever tried to find out if any male Star Trek character is sporting a, quote, boner. Saying that, I now feel a need to find altered pictures of Michelle Forbes and Nicole DeBoer. <laughs> so, okay, I... That was so funny. I love... Not that we scared him, but that he scared he, himself. He scared himself. And I'm reminded sort of of uh, Jack Nicholson yeah. in uh, A Few Good Men. <laughs> you couldn't handle the truth. Exactly. So um, as part of a public service, I've prepared a little piece <gasps> to go along with this. Because, see, this guy clearly has the problem that most um, straight guys have right now, which is that his main worry in life is that people will think he's gay. And that would be the worst thing that could ever, ever happen. happen. So, you know, from his point of view, everybody who's ever looking at him is constantly evaluating him to see if he's gay. Women, men, whatever. Everybody is looking at him every minute of every day saying, I wonder if he's gay. Trying to figure it out. Because people have nothing better to do than to look at other people and and speculate about whether they're gay. That's right. So here's a list. Here's the top five ways (laughs) to tell if you're gay. So that you can know and you don't have to have this constant worry. So the number one is if you don't have at least one seat between you and your buddy at the movies, you're gay. (laughs) (laughs) Two seats is preferred, really. But but you got to have at least one seat, okay? If you've ever looked at... This applies to men, by the way. I have to stop and say that. It doesn't apply to women at all. We have a whole different gay criteria. A whole different gay criteria. Okay. If you've ever looked at or read gay porn, even by accident... Even a half-second exposure, you're gay. It's over. Sorry, that's it. If, when you're fantasizing and masturbating, another man's dick is involved in any way whatsoever, you are totally gay. Totally. If it just enters your mind, like, randomly or something, even if, like, you're fantasizing about banging a woman and there's porn on the TV and there's another guy's dick in the porn that's on the TV in the fantasy that you're having, you're gay. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's what it is. If you've ever looked at Orlando Bloom <laughs> and thought that he was even mildly attractive, you're gay. Oh, I think if you've just looked at Orlando Bloom, Bloom you're, well, you're right. pretty close to I'll, the edge. I'll stop that right there. And the, the top way, really, to okay. tell if you're gay, here it is. If you've ever looked at a picture of William Shatner as Captain Kirk and tried to figure out <laughs> if he has an EVE, you are as gay as a pink leather pinata. <laughs> yes. Gay as a pink leather pinata. Absolutely. You are. That was wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh-huh. And now here's my public service announcement. Please, please. Because this this not gay person was talking about he went to our site and he looked at the pictures and he was zooming them up trying to see. And so I want to tell you how oh, to look at an EV. And I actually wrote something up on this several weeks ago on the Science Fiction Podcast Network oh, forum. Right. But then I, it I went down. Yeah, but yeah. So I'm going to share it with mm-hmm. the rest of you. Because when Lena and I have watched these episodes on TV, it's it's so obvious. Oh, my God. It is so obvious. But then Lena does the screen caps and sends them to me. And I'm going, what? You know, his pants look very flat. I'm very unhappy. This isn't working. So there's a couple of things you can do to really get the full effect, which, of course, is why you're listening to our show. <laughs> First of all, play around with the settings on your computer for brightness and contrast. Mm-hmm. But the thing that will really do it is change the angle. At which you're viewing. So if you have to hang from your chandelier like a (laughs) monkey, it's great. If you have a laptop, though, it's really easy. Just move the screen part back Mm -hmm. and forth. Because we were doing one of the shows, and and you were showing them to me. It was right before. And I couldn't see them, and we moved the angle a little, and it popped. It was like 3D. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need special 3D glasses. So that was my part. So now you know how to view an EVE. Mm -hmm. And you also know that doing that will make you gay, guys. Absolutely. But that's okay. It's worth it. It's totally worth it's it. It's worth it. <laughs> okay, well, it's time to go to the show. It absolutely so is. So we're going to take a break and play some music and do some things, and um, we'll be back with the report on the Trek Improv. Okay. Yay. Bye. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, 
to boldly go where no man has gone before. No, not a real commercial. This is just to tell you that you can find us at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com where you can leave us messages, you can leave us suggestions, or you can send us email. This whole podcast was recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network, tsfpn.com. Show's over. <laughs> Show's over, and we're, we're back to talk to you about the show that we saw. Yeah, um, it was great. It was called Warp Speed, mm-hmm. an improvised trek, and it's part of the 11th Annual Summer Improv Festival. All, per, all brought to you by Bay Area Theater Sports, BATS. Mm-hmm. The show was was funny, was clever. The people really, really know their track mm-hmm. and, and, and don't take it seriously at all. It was, it was really good, and the, there were a lot of people there, which yes. was really good to see. And nice they loved it, a people. very responsive audience. Yeah, everybody was having such a good time. Um, so the way it works is, like with most improv... Um, the actors come out and they kind of introduce what's going to happen and then they take suggestions from the audience and in this case it was all of the characters' names and the name of the ship. Right. And I think that was it, right? Yes. Oh, and then they ask for objects from the audience. Right, to be their ships. To be their ships and various other things that happened in the show. And people gave them... Um, a shoe. A shoe, a motorcycle helmet. And, and a, a... a cell phone? I think it was a cell phone. Okay, and a cell phone. And those were props, essentially, you know, models right. for ships and things. And then they went off and they came back and they did little improv pieces um, that sort of established a plot. And there were some relationships and a subplot that happened. Yes. Uh, and that was like an hour. The first part was an hour. And then they took a 10-minute break. Maybe and, a little under an hour, Yeah, I think. and then they came back and did another 45 right. minutes or so. And it was great. It had a, a whole resolution and plot points that carried through. And boy, it sure was funny. And the whole thing is fully improvised. I mean, the lighting, the the sound. Mm-hmm. There's a, a guy on a um, digital keyboard who's wonderful at, at setting mm-hmm. the mood and you know throwing in little pings and whistles and things when you need them. And they had um, one of the funniest effects to me because it was about on the level with a TOS mm-hmm. effect was the screen over on one of the walls to the mm-hmm. side. And so when they needed to talk to somebody on the screen or show something on the screen, somebody would run over there and get in front of a camera mm-hmm. or they, hold the shoe in front of a camera to show the, the ship floating Right, and then they're projecting it on the wall. That was great. And it, oh, it was it was delightful, and, and it, it had so many wonderful Trek elements to it. And they were great improv mm-hmm. actors as well. They picked up on things. They worked really well together. They... Um, one of the characters' names ended up being Hemlock, because that was a, the name of a street that somebody had grown up right. on. That was the, the question. I was trying to remember where so that they, came they from. So they built a whole plot around the fact that this woman's name was Hemlock, that she had um, a special... There was something wrong with her that caused people around her to die very suddenly, which was great, given that her name was Hemlock. Yes. And that ended up being a whole plot that got spun out into something else. It was really funny. And I think, let's see, probably with the exception of... The captain, I think most of them, you know, they had like a main role, but they also played other roles. Uh-huh. But the one person who I think had two substantial-sized roles was the woman who played Dr. Buffy. Yes. And the captain of the Hemlockian ship. Yes, and she was wonderful in both those and roles. And they were completely distinct characters mm-hmm. and very, very funny. Yeah. And we had a great time. And then the nice thing is we were able to go backstage mm-hmm. and talk to some of the actors so we did some brief interviews with them. Yes, which we're going to play right now. And you'll have to excuse the, the audio quality. We recorded them on a very small digital recorder. So they'll be good, but there'll be some noise and stuff like that. But it's, it's good enough so that you can listen to it. And we also um, got some nice pictures of the cast, which we're going to put up on the blog. Right. So that was our experience. If you ever have a chance to see something like this, we, we strongly encourage you to go see it because it's a really funny thing to do. And this is an offshoot of a group that was founded by Lawrence Wolf, and it was called Start Trekkin'. Mm-hmm. And so he more or less owns that name. And he moved to Texas, and I don't know where, but he does it there mm-hmm. with a different troupe of actors. So if you're in Texas 
or California, yeah. you should be looking for these things. Star Trek Improv. Yes. It's great. Google it. My name is Andrew Merritt, and I'm an improviser here at Bats Improv. Uh, and this is my first, uh, we're actually not technically, this show isn't Star Trekking. We asked for permission from the, uh, I can't remember his name, somebody else will remember his name. Uh, but the first person to do this kind of improvised Star Trek format, we, we checked with him first. And, and that's why tonight is called Warp Speed. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this, is, this was my first uh, Star Trekking. I've been a fan of Star Trek for a long time. That was going to be my next question. Yes. yes. <laughs> I think you have to, it's very helpful to know a lot about Star Trek, to, to improvise oh, Star yeah. Trek. Oh, yeah. And is everybody a Trek fan in the cast? Yes. Oh, that's great. Yes. I think it shows, too. And I think, yeah, the director, uh, John Remack, uh, I think he has, a, you know, he checked around with people and improvisers and, and found out who, was, who would be inspired to, to do this. What goes into rehearsing something like this? Well, we, we talk a little bit about uh, what... Like we talked about John's vision for the show, mm -hmm. we talked about what tends to happen in Star Trek episodes. Um, as as improvisers, you tend to bring trouble in really quickly, and so we talked about the fact that that you know we wanted to make sure to really establish some relationships because Star Trek isn't all about uh, you know aliens and 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 spaceships. You know, the, the, it's it's kind of about the relationships. We like seeing Spock and McCoy. Uh, you know, banter with each other and get frustrated and, and so forth. And so we wanted to make sure to, to have some relationships. And so in the rehearsals, we just, we kind of practice, we do short versions of what you just shot, mm -hmm. just saw. So in the rehearsals, you were playing probably different roles than what we saw you all doing tonight? Exactly. Oh, how fun. So I think we all had, a, had an opportunity to play captain, uh, to play, <laughs> you know, first officer, and, and we got different names. The different names helped us, helped us inform our characters. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, it was it was great, and we we just loved it. And I'll be here every time you do it. You great. Know, if you guys do more it was than wonderful. the Trek stuff. And we love the special effects. Those are brilliant. Yes, the uh, the walking on the top of the shuttlecraft just put us away. That was That's wonderful. great. I really enjoyed the... Uh, yeah, that camera and that screen on the side. Because so much, I mean, there's so much that happens in Star Trek where you're looking at the screen. And, right. and, uh, and you know, obviously we're, we're on stage, so we don't have a lot of lasers, you know. But, but it was fun to, to have uh, the shoe as our mm -hmm. ship. Mm -hmm. and, and I think, and the audience obviously really responded to it. Well, it was right in the tradition of having salt shakers as surgical instruments and... I don't know whose kitchen chairs ended up on the bridge, but, you know, nice. all of that right. stuff. Right. So that was wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Well, thanks. Terrific. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It was nice talking and to you. And whoever okay. wants to talk to us next. That's next great. victim. Great. I'm Darlene Sorensen. I'm Laura Derry. And these two ladies were in the uh, Warp Speed that's show that we right. just saw. And just to verify, you are both Star Trek fans? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I have That's to say, important. I've been more of a next generation oh. uh, lover. So but I sensed that kid. in your performance. You know, I was in my Deanna Troy See? mode, and I was sensing. So, so it's an interesting question. So when you're doing this, are you specifically saying this is more like the original series, like TOS? Or are you saying we're going to try to combine elements from the different track shows? Is there any conscious decision on that? I think it was based in the original series universe, but we didn't block offers if they came from, because some of us are. Yeah. I'm really into the original series, but others were more well-versed in the other ones, so mm -hmm. it was okay. Yeah. I didn't censor myself that way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really do that much. We're so glad you didn't. Now, um, Laura, I was noticing you did, like, what I would consider a lot of the heavy lifting, and I don't mean physical, but I mean just sort of, okay, remember, she's pregnant, and, and that sort of thing. And that, that was really wonderful to see somebody pulling all the, all the threads up like that. Uh -huh. So um, I think that has to take a special kind of a, um, a mindset. I mean, because everybody else pretty much had storylines. You were Hemlock. You were, you know, the alien who everyone was <laughs> deathly <Dying> allergic <laughs> to. <laughs> Deadful is, yeah, I think. Deadful, that was great. That but was you, were, you were sort of jack-of-all-trades. Yeah, I was definitely a secondary character, so uh, then I was very relaxed, and whenever I noticed something, I would bring it in or wrap it up or whatever. Is that sort of decided that, that you know, that will be your role or you're sort of the go-to no, person? No, you know, it's just what happens. I felt like doing. Um, somebody said to me after the show, you were the truth-telling girl. I just said whatever 
happens yeah. to be the truth. So not everyone who's a secondary character would necessarily do that, but it was just the way my character was. Right. Now, you were yeah. alone for a lot of the show. You mm -hmm. were kind of off by yourself. Is that I harder know. when you're just, like, doing that and you're having to react to stuff that, that where the group is together like that? It wasn't harder. It was different. different? I haven't had that in... A long, you know, the style of improv long yeah. form before. But it, it was it was very funny though because at parts you were saying I don't know what's happening, I don't know what's <laughs> yeah. going on, which is you know pretty much what's actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> and and how did you first become involved? Oh, interested in improv? We just had someone peek in um, through TV reruns, or or did you really see it when it was in prime time? Because I know you were saying you were a TNG person. Yeah, and I lived in Seattle for a spell, which really was. You, all you do is watch TV when it's <laughs> so gray and cold out. So I watched a lot of Star Trek Next Generation. And when I was little, I, you had a, cat, a crush on Captain. I, Captain yes. Crush, I almost said. I love Yeah, Captain, Captain Kirk. Kirk. Oh, I was like just insanely a guest on our show kid. many, many, many times. That's the whole point of the show, yeah. really. <laughs> yeah. Talk about William Shatner. He's the yes. best Star Trek. I had a he huge is. crush on him as a kid. Me too. Well, yeah. you'll have to visit our website where we have lots of fantastic pictures and opportunities to look at his butt. And <laughs> it's our goal. You know, we put out a call to our listeners, and no one has answered this, by the way. We need to get William Shatner to say for us, look at my butt, <laughs> so that we have that as our little audio tag on the show. We're hoping. And our other goal is world domination. Well, through look that at his too. Butt. It will not be hard, I tell you. Just one fine butt. So, um, so tell us, what were your most favorite parts of the show tonight? What was your favorite part? Gosh, I'd have to think. I'd have to think. So, no, ask Darlene, do you have one? I think off the top of my head, mm -hmm. I loved it when um, John and the other crew members were running through the umbilical <laughs> cord and he was telling the story. As I just loved that moment, that those moments. Very yeah. And that, for me, recalled a lot of actual... Trek moments, like especially the one in, in Wrath of Khan where they're coming up through yeah. the, the tube and you just hear Kirk saying, that's David, he's my son. <laughs> Why would you bring that up now? <laughs> you know, I have to say that one of my favorite parts is when we were on the ship, we had a lot of ship stuff this mm -hmm. evening and, and we were going through the wormhole and we were all falling all over the place and it was just really <laughs> exciting and fun. Oh. All the ships. I, I was um, telling Katie that my most favorite line, I think, of the show was when the captain said to you, Another Mysterious Death Hemlock, which mm. was just so funny that, that he thought about that and put it together and said your name in the same sentence. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. Couldn't have written the that Captain better. was wonderful tonight. <laughs> I also liked the romance between the android woman. Oh, yeah. that was great. Oh, yeah. the, the whole idea of a half-android really yeah. cracked me up. And that, and that was very sweet. But, but not so different from what they've actually done on the <laughs> no. shows, on any of the shows. No, in fact, you know, if Berman had spies here tonight going, half-android. <laughs> They'd be making a series like out a of it. Wormhole. You watch, this stuff's going to show up in the next movie. Right after I'm the tranny you. show. That's something else I wanted to ask you guys. Are you aware that last month there was a uh, transgender version of Mud's Women? No. Here in San well, we went it, to that, too. Was it a play, mm. a scripted play? No, they did the episode Mud's Women, line for line. But women played the men's roles. Oh. Lee Crow, great. I don't know if you have heard of her, but she was Elvis Herselvis. So yes, I remember. She yeah. played Captain she Kirk. She played Kirk. She was phenomenal. Yeah, okay. And they had, um, you know, men in all the roles of Mud's Women and and Uhura, so <laughs> we were going, this is great, two track theater events yeah. in just like a month of each other. Wow. So that's great. Just yeah. keep, keep going. We, yeah. just, we love it. Good. All right. Well, we'll do it. We'll have to yeah. do it again. Thank yeah. you. Hi, I'm John Remack. And John is? I'm an improviser. I'm the director of uh, Warp Speed. And tonight, John was also playing Captain Scheit. That's right. The Sh Captain Sh Scheit or Scheisse? It's Scheisse in German. Okay. Yeah. That means shit. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that out. Um, and you were the captain of the Cucamonga. That's right. The Starship Cucamonga. It was a shoe. Yes. It was great. Yeah. It, so tell us how you came to do this particular show. Okay. Well, I've always been a Star Trek fan. Uh, it was uh, when I was a kid, saw the originals. That was something I watched with my, my parents. One of the few things they let me stay up and watch when I was just a little kid. Anyway, got into improv, improv and uh, I saw a show called Start Trekkin' that Lawrence Wolf started. And uh, that looks like fun. And since they never asked me to do it and they stopped doing it, uh, they didn't even know me. I thought, oh, I'll try it. See, I saw Star Trek and twice, two different shows, and I thought I had remembered you from one of them, but obviously I'm completely wrong. But you were wonderful tonight. Thank yes. you. 
and Elena was was saying one of her favorite <coughs> lines was yours uh, when you said another mysterious death hemlock. That was brilliant. Mm -hmm. That was just so perfect. It was like the height of improv when you can take a character's name like that and work it into a plot point and have it all delivered in one line. It's great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's the thing about names. Uh, I think in this genre more than others that uh, you're able to... If you ask for names, usually it doesn't mean anything, but here I think they can mean something. Mm -hmm. um, well, that was a good way of, of getting the names of the ship and the characters and, you know, all the things that, that you guys threw out to the audience. Give us the name of part of a tree and... Mm -hmm. That, that I never great. heard that one before. He made that one up tonight. We had a, we had others. We we took uh, in, in rehearsal. We would say, uh, "What's a barn animal?" Uh, like someone would say, "Cow." And he'd say, "Okay, I'm uh, bovine." <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be it went once. You know, actually, he was uh, he was Doctor Avian. He had a chicken. <laughs> and, and of course, we'd be talking about Dr. Avian, so he had feathers, and a, we, we endowed him with feathers and a beak. Right. Uh, the prickly thing was great. I yeah. like how that grew throughout the show. Oh, yeah. That was very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, that's all, all those surprises. So is it, um, is it difficult to find actors who are well-versed in Trek and skilled yeah. improvisers? Yeah, is that a requirement? Well, it, the answer to the first question is yes, and the answer to the second question is sort of. Um, I put it out to the company, you know, who's, who, first of all, I think you have to have some knowledge of Trek. And uh, if, if not, I was willing to, you know, let's, let's go over some videotape, I'll teach you. But I don't think it's that, I think you have an understanding of it, but not a deep understanding. Mm -hmm. Because we're not, we're, we really can't do the TV show up there mm -hmm. um, for improvised reason, for, in my mind, for for pacing reasons, um, you know, I told them to think of it more as a soap opera than a, mm -hmm. than a sci-fi, you know, the sci-fi will happen, and you got to be care really careful of plot in these things, because yes. they'll, you'll just, we did a lot of running and pointing and shooting, which we said we weren't going to do, <laughs> but great. I, think we, I think we had a nice mix of running, pointing, and shooting, and, 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 and story, because if you have just the running, pointing, and shooting, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Well, it was great, too, the way you guys did carry plot points through, like the foreshadowing of, has a ship ever gone into the wormhole before? Yes, my father's. And it was like, oh, good, hit me with a hammer. He's going to throw up, and you followed through. It was great. Yeah. And, 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 and the, father thing, the father thing just came to me just in that moment, too. It was not like we planned that or anything. I mean, it was just... But it was like it was written by the writers of yeah. Trek. They were, you know, always running into old girlfriends and, and you know, old fiancés and the whole so, thing. So that's something I was wondering. When there's a there's a break in the middle of the show, do you guys talk at all about what's going to happen in the second no. half? Not at all? No, not at all. In fact, it says in the program we don't. What we do come back here is say, what just happened? We say, who's... <laughs> and it was very short this time around. We go, okay, we, we pretty much know because we had the talk at the uh, in the ready room. We're in a wormhole. There, you know, there's a ship there. There's other people there. That's it. And we know you guys have a relationship, and we have a relationship. That's all we do. No, there's no planning. It wouldn't be as much fun. Right. Do you sort of have an idea of how long the show is going to run, or your target? Yeah, it went it went shorter than I thought it would, but it felt like it was long enough. It, it was. We were, it we was done. very well. Yeah, timed. it ended in the right place. Yeah, I That's mean, great. we could uh, shows tend to go to about a quarter. Can go up to a quarter two, maybe even ten to. Not that we've never done this show, so I can't say. Uh, but other improv shows can go uh, another 15 minutes or so. But there's no way this one... We were done. We, we, we met the father, the baby, the, you know, everything happened. <laughs> Covered it all. Covered it all. And rather leave you wanting more than, than going, oh, it's time to go. <laughs> you know, why are they padding this? My no. clock, my watch then, then it would be like a TNG episode, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, Some TNG. <laughs> I, I like the TNG. Come on, some of the TMG? No? Um, I okay. like it the, the best of all the non-TOS tracks. Mm -hmm. yeah. We have different areas of expertise. I, I like I like TOS. I, I like most of TNG. I like DS9 a lot because it's very uh, character-driven. Really? See, not a big DS9 fan. Well, she has to always fill me in when we talk about DS9, and I sit here going, really? They did that? Yeah. That one uh, just didn't grab me. There was that one where they actually superimposed themselves in the original, in the triple episode. We just watched that. We had that on our last podcast. Yeah, we did a whole show. Well, not a whole show, a but lot we did of a show. A, <laughs> an extensive uh, chat about that and how well, how, what a great job they did with it. And, That's a good one. And how they managed to, to get right into the spirit of the original, I think, with the, with the humor and... This cast really, there was a mixed bag, speaking of going back to your other question, um, uh, half of them really weren't 
Let's see, Dave, Dave and Laura did start trekking. They're they're pretty big trek mm-hmm. fans. They know all the episodes. Um, I think Andrew knows all the episodes. Then the other gals, um, Zoe and Kimberly, and I don't think they knew the episode, all the episodes, quite so much. The classic ones. And I love telling my favorite one. I, I tell them the. Uh, uh, City on the Edge of Forever, mm-hmm. the one with Joan Collins, isn't mm-hmm. that right? I love that one. That's a great one. Yeah. That's one of my faves. To, to do also. There was just so much news in the last two weeks. It was like... Because Bill's everywhere and he's doing everywhere. everything. And there's even news that, that we're not going to cover and I'm going to tell you it anyway. He went to Sandra Bullock's wedding. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that was nice of him. Did he uh-huh. marry her to somebody else? Was he like officiating? Is what I'm saying. I don't think Bill can officiate. He can do anything. <laughs> he's the head of the church of Shatner. <laughs> he is. He probably is one of those ut- Unitarian um, minister things. Well, Universal Life Church, that's what it is. She probably... Asked him to be at the wedding to shake the groom's hand and reassure the guy <laughs> that he didn't do her, although he did. He did. Of course he did. He does everybody. He does everybody. So that's the news we're not going to cover. Okay. So let's cover some news let's we, co- are we are going to cover. Okay. Um, this was a news item on the Sci-Fi Wire, which is part of Sci-Fi Channel. And apparently um, Shatner's going to do a voice in an animated And he's feature. done this before. He was in Jimmy Neutron. Oh, that's right. Or something. Um, so, uh, let's see. William Shatner will spoof his Star Trek character of Captain James T. Kirk by voicing Ozzy the Possum. <laughs> so there you go. Over the hedge, Ozzy the Possum played by William Shatner. Well, you know what? Do you ever play these games? You know, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? If you played that with Captain Kirk, don't you think he'd say a possum? Um, I don't think I've ever thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about it. Okay, I'm not sure possum would have been the thing that I would have chosen. No? Okay. I would have thought more like, well, he's got the, you know, the charm and hotness with the gold lion eyes, so I yeah. think I would have gone off in that direction. Yeah, okay. Probably. Okay. I don't know. Has Shatner ever said what animal he wants to be? I don't Do know. You know. Maybe it's one of those bonobo monkeys. <laughs> Yeah, the ones that have sex all the time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. Um, who else is in this movie? Gary Shandling. <clears throat> Excuse me, Bruce Willis. Um, and then the reason that we were interested is because um, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy are going to be in it. And we love them. We love them. Um, they're going to be porcupine parents to three little ones who all have Fargo-esque accents. <laughs> oh, yeah. Says. So that sounds really great. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, William Shatner, Catherine O'Hara, and Eugene Levy. That and sounds, Fargo accents. And Fargo accents. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> I love it. So we'll be on top of that. I'm trying to see if it says when it's coming out. Uh, if they're just doing the voices now, it's not going to be out for, for a couple of years. A couple of years, probably. Yep. yep. 2006, it says. May oh. 19th, 2006. Wow. Okay. So it's a cheap movie. Okay. Or a cheap animation. Okay. Okay, so that was one thing. Well, it's going to have a commercial for Tom Sesney in the middle. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then, there was, <laughs> then there was an article in the Las Vegas Business Press about the Creation Con that's happening in Las Vegas now, I guess. And the headline of this article says, Trekkies are prosperous and willing to spend. Hey, newsflash, people who like Star Trek will buy Star Trek crap. Yeah. Wow. What wow. a concept. Wow. And you know what else makes this such an amazing newsflash? That's only been going on for 35 years. Really? So this whole article, which it's a very long article, it's mm-hmm. actually several pages, and talks about how when people go to Star Trek conventions, they spend money. Yeah. Who Amazing. Amazing, isn't it? Because you and I go to these things all the time, and I have walked around going, will you take my money? I'm a Trekkie, please. And nobody will. Nobody will take money. Nobody will take money. And we money. never spend any money anywhere. I mean, we don't go out to eat. We don't get drunk. We don't do nothing. Just nothing. So this is a whole article which is just disproving that old myth that mm-hmm. Trekkies are tight-fisted and don't spend money on crap that they don't need. 
or that they don't have money because they're yeah. all these loser geeks who can't hold down jobs and yeah. um, you know live in basements and can't get dates. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, if that was true and they all went to Vegas, wouldn't they be spending the money on hookers? You think they would be spending? You would think so. Anyhow, it's a fairly interesting article. There's actually quite a bit of information about the guys who run Creation Con. Yes, how they got started with this, and also the fact that uh, they used to run like thirty to forty cons a year, and now it's down to like five or six that they do and they're big ones right rather than a lot of small regional ones it's been consolidated into the the big ones oh i thought it was interesting when you were saying it was almost like a, a show we could tour it we could you yeah. know, do a creation con in just mm -hmm. about any other in any city but i also like that they were pointing out that there are um actors who have been on star trek who have been very smart Mm -hmm. about using the, the, the opportunity to appear at conventions and using the fan loyalty mm -hmm. to build their careers. Yep. And I thought, yeah, that, that is very smart, very yeah. wise, and well, it's a way of staying in front of your public. I think so. Well, you know, when the last time when we were at the con in, in Sacramento when we scared Leonard Nimoy, uh, some of the actors who were there who were selling their pictures they don't act anymore, really. Mm -hmm. And this is just kind of what they do in their spare time. They go yeah. to cons and they get to talk to fans and sell some autographs. And it's like a little vacation for them, Yeah, I think. It's, it's not something that they mind doing. And because they're not feeling frustrated like Star Trek has limited their whole career, it was just a guest spot for mm -hmm. them. But people still come up and say, oh, I remember you in that episode yep. and you were really good. And that's a, I think that's a great thing for them. And I think, was that the con where we saw the, the four captains, women, or oh, what they were, yeah, yeah. all together? Right. And that was really fun, and they looked like they were they were having a good time being back on stage. And yeah. the, the audience, of course, is just eating this up. And this isn't, you know, an audience of 20, 30 people. I mean, there are hundreds of there people hundreds there. There are hundreds of people. And, and just loving it, just loving the opportunity to ask them questions mm -hmm. and get their autograph, get their picture taken with them. So, yeah. That's good. So, we are planning on going to Creation Con in 2006. In which Sacramento. Which is going to be in Sacramento again. And uh, they've got Shatner and Nimoy lined up for it, it says. Mm -hmm. Tickets are not on sale yet. Well, the, the, the special super ticket, pricey. Like, we're not paying for that. No. Uh, but, but, you know, if we build up our podcasting reputation, maybe we'll be invited. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll be special guests on the special podcasting panel, of which we will be the only members. That's okay. <laughs> Well, by then, you know, maybe we'll have T-shirts, and we can wear our, our T-shirts that say, look at, look at his butt. Oh. Yeah, that'd be good. So look for us, Creation Con 2006, Sacramento. Yeah. We're going to okay. be there. 